All right, greetings, friends. My name is Weston Nakamura from Blockworks Micro in Tokyo. It is Tuesday, June 13th, 2023. It's well after Asian markets close. Welcome to the Market Depth Podcast, bringing you global market commentary and analysis from the Asia-Pacific trading session so that you know what happened overnight. All right, sorry for the late release. The news flow out of China just keeps coming, and I have to keep updating this episode to current. Okay, but for now, here's what we have so far from the policy front out of China for today. We essentially have three waves of stimulus or easing that came out uh, today alone that I'll touch on. Okay, so first we have a cut in the seven-day reverse repo before China market opened this morning. Then second, we have a Bloomberg report of a broad-based stimulus package um, out of China. That that article came out towards the end of the trading day, and then. Number three, just now, just like a few moments ago in the evening time here in Asia, the PBOC, the central bank, made cuts to the overnight, the one week, and the one month uh, SLF rates, standing standing lending facility rates. Okay, so this is like an ongoing matter apparently, and who knows what else might come after this actually does come out. Um, this episode that is, in which case I'll just discuss it tomorrow. But let's just quickly go over what each of these are, and more importantly, the market reactions, or lack thereof, um, that, that had occurred. Okay, so in chronological order, let's start at 9.20 a.m. local time this morning, right after the PBOC's daily yuan fixing and right before China market open. Okay, the PBOC cut the rate on seven-day reverse repo by 10 basis points to 1.9% on 2 billion yuan of liquidity injections. Okay, and just so everyone knows... Seven-day reverse repo rate is the rate at which uh, banks, you know, receive for lending reserves to the PBOC, um, and so therefore, then puts a cap on the rate at which banks borrow and lend reserves to one another. Okay, now the last time that there was a cut in the seven-day reverse repo rate was August of 2022, and today's cut came as somewhat of a surprise only in that they usually don't make changes to these short-term rates before they do to the one-year medium-term lending facility or MLF rate okay they don't make the cuts before that like or right you know prior to the MLF rate um, adjustment because that's the benchmark rate at which kind of commercial banks and kind of borrow from the PBOC with collateral and the MLF rate also serves as sort of guidance for like one-year loan prime rates, which are um, you know the the primary policy rates, right? And so the MLF rate decision that's coming out on Thursday of this week. Okay, so to cut the seven-day reverse repo rate earlier today was a bit atypical, I suppose. Um, and really, it's it's pretty immaterial in and of itself. But what it did do today was essentially it's a signal, um, an early signal that a cut is coming on Thursday's one-year MLF. However, what it also signaled, perhaps inadvertently, was not only are things bad in China economically and supportive measures are being taken, but by doing it ahead of the scheduled MLF rate later this week, it basically signaled like immediacy and urgency, right? The last time that the seven-day reverse repo couldn't wait and was cut ahead of the MLF rate was in March of 2020. That was the last time that they rushed to reserve to cut the you know reserve repo ahead of MLF until today. So 
now with this cut in seven day reverse repo, the signal for markets would be rate cuts across the board coming. Okay. And so that's how we start the day. And so we begin the trading day. Now, what was the equity market response? Nothing really, nothing significant in market movements to the upside or, or to the downside. Okay. Now, stimulus wave number two of three for the day. Around 2.30 p.m. local time, towards the end of the trading day, Bloomberg reports that China is considering a broad-based stimulus package of at least 12 measures across multiple agencies, and the state council may even begin discussion of this as soon as Friday of this week. This is reported on anonymity, much like Bloomberg did just previously, just, just last week as well, right? And so therefore, there's like there's no real details. And also because this this isn't even like in committee discussion or anything like that, right? The, let alone an actual policy announcement or impl implementation. But included among these wide scope of stimulus measures apparently will be measures that are targeting the property sector, as there should be. Okay, so according to Bloomberg, quote, a key part of the proposed stimulus package involves supporting the real estate market. Regulators are seeking to lower costs on outstanding residential mortgages and to boost uh, lending through the nation's policy banks to ensure homes are delivered, one of the people said. And upon that coming out, I suppose that one can say that we saw an uplift in you know, markets in China directionally, but in terms of the actual move itself, once again, really, it's, it was nothing, okay? Now, here's what Asia market close snapshot looks like for the day. On the surface, it doesn't look like a bad day by any means, right? Everything in the green, China and Hong Kong are up about 0.6% on the day. But considering that this is a day in which we had two waves of policy stimulus catalysts that came out of China, before AM market open and before PM market close, for the Hang Seng and the CSI index to be up only like a half percent, that is very, very bad, okay? And it would be like one thing if this also happened to just coincide with some, you know, global market risk-off bloodbath type of day that has nothing to do with China, right? And then, you, like, there were indices everywhere that were down 3%, 4%, 5% globally, right? And then... With that backdrop, if the Hang Seng and CSI were just barely positive, like up, you know, half a percent like they are today, then that might be a suppose excusable or effective policy, I suppose. But today was not such a day. As you can see right next to it, Japan's Nikkei 225 index, once again, making yet another new three-decade high, up almost 2% on the day. That makes the China stimulus no response look especially bad. And no, Japan is not up because of China. Okay, because as I keep saying, well, like almost every day for the last several weeks, DM markets are ignoring China, both to the upside and the downside, you know, either way, okay, for the time being, especially Japan equities. Um, and by the way, just to follow up from yesterday's episode, see NDX futures against Nikkei futures during today's cash session. They're locked up. So we have two stimulus bolts fired out of China for the day. The silence from the markets is deafening. Okay, so now let's go to number three out of three for today, which just which occurred just a moment ago, okay? Right around, I guess, like at 8 p.m. local time. So basically, the, the PBOC cut their SLF rates, their standing lending facility rates, SLF rates, on three tenors. They cut on the overnight, the seven-day, and the one-month, 
each by 10 basis points. Okay, so overnight SLF rate was cut by 10 basis points to 2.75%. The seven-day um, was cut by 10 basis points to 2.9%. And the one-month SLF wa- was cut by 10 basis points to now 3.25%. The reverse repo this morning, we have the three SLF rates this evening, all cut by 10 basis points. And then the Bloomberg report of stimulus. Now, I mentioned that the last time that these rates were cut was in uh, August of 2022, right? So let's take a look at a chart of the yuan from then. First of all, note that before 2022, dollar yuan, this very chart, had been in a very flat and tight range, plus minus 2% range for about you know a year and a half or so um, or more previous to this, right? Um, as per the 2% dollar yuan peg. And you can see that in the, in the chart, right, in the beginning of this chart. And as I talk about in my episode about the yuan price action and other markets in relation, um, the yuan sold off sharply in 2022 in two gigantic waves, okay? One of them was in April, um, and the second one was starting in August of 2022. And that second one, the August 2022 leg down, which was about a 10% drop in the yuan, from having already sold off 8% in the previous leg down. But this 10% drop down, this the second one beginning in 20, August of 2022, that one was kicked off right when these very rates that were cut today were last cut. Okay. Now, the key point about all of these rate cutting measures and broad-based stimulus talk and all that, it isn't about the policy measures themselves. Um, but rather, again, it's about the absolutely lethargic market response. For the property sector names, okay, we had some upside, I suppose, in single stocks like Country Garden and Longford. They were up about 3% each on the day. But remember, in another recent episode of uh, Market Depth that I did about the property sector index price action and kind of front-running policy, that day, right, that was in early June, but that day of, of that episode, the Hang Seng Index was up 4% on the day. The property development indices were up almost 10%. Um, and that all happened before the report of about stimulus and support for the property sector dropped after market close, if we recall that, right? But on that day, Long for Properties was up 17% on the day. Okay, Long for is up, the stock is up almost like 30% month to date. Okay, and so today's like three and a half percent gain, and with the lowest trading volume this month happening today, okay, and that basically that applies to basically all of the single stocks today as well in China, right? The trading volume has been really dead today. That is also what I mean by deafening silence from markets. It's not just a lack of price appreciation in percentage terms, but the actual trading volume itself being down on the day. I mean, it's kind of insane, right? And so why is the market, like, responding in such a way? Well, see this clip from the episode of Market Depth from May 26th. Okay, it's called Markets Give Up on the China Reopening. Because in my view, if such a market response of, you know, an immediate sharp move upwards uh, were to come, it would be short-lived. Because that market activity itself would likely be, it's being driven by short covering. Okay, i.e. buying to exit open existing positions and not so much, you know, opening of new longs that are coming in. Um, I don't think that there would be 
any sort of like sudden bull rush back into China at that point because of a PBOC rate cut. Because one, as I pointed out earlier, so much of that is already expected by markets as it is, which is another way of saying that current market conditions that are in downfall that I've just shown you, that's what the markets are doing with an expected rate cut that has yet to come. And so if and when it comes, that wouldn't be of any surprise. What a policy easing action taken by the PBOC would do is, yes, indeed, it can be a signal of a shift in policy regime from being currently sidelined to now being proactively easing uh, going forward. But only time will tell if that actually comes to fruition. But in the meantime, in the immediate, what a PBOC stimulative policy action taken um, would do is it would actually signal far more definitively that economic officials at the highest level in China are admitting or are at least confirming that indeed the economy is in such a weak state that it is in need and requires policy support. Um, at the very least, a stem further downside that would continue to deteriorate if left unchecked. Okay, um, And so just because they cut rates or inject further liquidity or intervene to prop up the currency or to make regulatory changes in whatever manner to in order to prop up the economy or markets or whatever, just, just because they do anything like that, it doesn't mean that it'll actually prop up the actual economy itself. And so therefore, a widely expected PBOC stimulus measure in the near term would likely not revive the China reopen sentiment that we had going into this year at anywhere near that level of one-way consensus optimism. So in my thinking at the moment, that's why I'm saying that the trade might be just to wait out um, and just wait for the anticipated stimulus to come. And then if and when there's a sharp and short-lived reversal rally on short squeezing, then that may be the window of opportunity to trade against or to trade into, short into, right? And then ride uh, out a resuming of economic and market downside as markets will then subsequently realize that even the PBOC's powers are not enough, right? Okay, so why did markets not respond today? That's why. So my overall take is China is actually doing more harm than good if they keep doing these half-measure policy responses because not only is the policy stimulus long priced in and expected um, and still markets are down and thereby even, you know, even the assumed policy is predisposed to be ineffective, right? But if they keep just shying away from taking out the big guns and blasting off with like major stimulus across all like facets, right? And if they don't keep doing that and keep reloading and firing away again and again, if they don't go big when they previously have done so before um, and thereby have shown what they can do, then that signals to markets to the world to the you know internally externally that they are choosing not to use previous policy support measures um, both monetary and fiscal okay and why would they or anyone choose not to exercise policy even policy that had been used before because apparently from their perspective on balance it would be i would it would actually do more harm than good at least from their view and their priorities so if China doesn't want to engage in the type of easy policy previously used that ultimately got them in an even more indebted and levered and weakened financial state, if they don't want to go back down that road again, um, and by the way, if that is the case, I do sort of applaud them for at least being the one central bank who isn't like rushing out the punch bowl put option at every you know tremor like all of the rest of the DM central banks 
And I also find it ironically amusing that the PBOC is currently behaving as far more hands-off and allowing markets to do what they do relative to the so-called Western capitalist developed economies. But that aside, if China doesn't want to go down that like easing hole again because they correctly or otherwise feel that more debt and leverage isn't a fix, but rather, you know, just like can kick down the road, or if it's that they simply can't blast off a big enough easing bazooka fix for whatever reason. And if markets perceive that there is no policy fix coming by choice or not, then that will be very bad. And that realization, you know, if that ever hits the broader base sentiment, that's when you will see global markets ex-China finally stop ignoring China's deterioration and rapidly price it in, okay? So not that I really have any clue here, but going forward, even in the immediate term, I would expect bigger and bolder and more actual concrete policy announcements and actual measures being fired out of China, stimulus, easing, all that, right? Um, like they're not going to just keep doing these like trickle out tiny rate cuts and Bloomberg articles and think that that's going to suffice. Because as I said in that previous clip, these tiny little measures don't actually help with anything. And rather, all it does is confirm to the world that China is acknowledging its current economic state. It does more harm than good, these tiny little things, right? And they aren't stupid, nor are they blind. They see what we see and far more. So if they keep going with these half measures, all that does is tell the world that the economy is in need of support and they are not receiving it. And why are they not receiving it? Because apparently the prescription is more poisonous than the, you know, the illness. Okay, so keep your eyes on China, especially as the Fed, the ECB, and the BOJ release their respective policy decisions this week. All right, on behalf of BlockWorks Macro, my name is Wes Nakamura, and we will see you soon. Thanks. Bye.